And it's okay to feel yourself forward, but you know, if you're just going to sit back and just say, I have to get every detail right, I have to know everything, and make it, then what's happening is the people who aren't doing that are already doing what you want to do, and they're making money buying houses and doing all this stuff in real estate investing, and you're still trying to create this perfect system. And all of a sudden, time goes by, and you could be where they are and where you want to be, thinking they created a perfect system, but they never did. They just took action, and you're just sitting here waiting. And, uh, you know, people get afraid to pull the trigger. And I understand why. Um, but, you know, you don't have to do anything enormous to get into the game. You can just start by making small steps and being consistent. One small step will lead to another small step, right? It's like, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And that's just kind of how you have to look at it, in my opinion, anyway. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Creating Wealth Podcast, where I, Kyle, from Kyle Curtin Real Estate, interview local top dogs in the real estate investing, wealth building, and personal finance industries. Let's build together. What's up, guys? Today, we had a great opportunity to hear Jeremy's story. He has an incredibly inspiring tale to date, and he gives a bunch of extremely valuable advice, especially if you're on the fence about real estate investing. Jeremy is someone who takes ultimate action, and has built a very successful wholesaling business in many markets so far. Without giving too many teasers at the start of this episode, a few of the very big topics that we chatted about included taking massive action today and using failure as fuel, and so many more. Before we jump in, I did want to mention, guys, that I recently started a private Facebook group for the show called Creating Wealth Together. Uh, It's spelled the same way that the podcast is, you know, uh, K-C-R-E-A-T-I-N-G-W-E-A-L-T-H, and then together. I'm still figuring out my exact tactical vision for the group, but it will definitely align with, you know, kind of the core values of the podcast and be a community where past guests and listeners can communicate with each other and we can all grow together and yeah, it's still kind of working it out, but um, I'm always open to ideas. Definitely, you know, feel free to join. I, I would love to have you guys. Um, and also, would you guys mind please leaving a uh, rating in? <coughs> I'm sorry, I still have a cold. <coughs> uh, would you guys mind, you know, just please leaving a rating and a review down below? I always love hearing your guys' opinions on how I can make the podcast better. It always means a ton to me. Um, Thank you so much, guys. And let's jump right into the episode. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 102 of the Creating Wealth podcast. Today, we have the great pleasure of chatting with Jeremy B. Land, the absolutely awesome of his company, NH Homebuyers. He also has a New York branch called Western New York Homebuyers. What's going on, Jeremy? Super excited to have you on here, man. Yeah, oh. man. Thank you. Um, I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for the great introduction. Uh, it was really nice to you. I'm um, really excited to be here. And uh, congratulations on this podcast, man. That's good stuff. Thank you so much. It, it means a lot, man. It's It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm really excited to be here, you know, and, um, you know, I know uh, your, your real estate journey is, is on it's a great path to success, um, which is always cool to see. Uh, you know, I hope on this podcast I can help provide some value, hopefully just motivate some people to get into the game and not stand on the sidelines. Uh, that's what I really um, 
really inspire you to do. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. So to kind of jump in, my friend, you know, like tell us a little bit about your backstory, like kind of how you got started in real estate. Like tell us your your tale. <laughs> well, you know, one day I just woke up with a silver spoon in my mouth and my family just gave me a ton of real estate and said, hey, go be successful. You yes. know, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so all that easy. Uh, you know, honestly, you know, I, I come from very humble backgrounds. I was, you know, a troubled kid, um, you know, got into a lot of trouble in school. It was kind of a, you know, had some struggles as, you know, adolescence into, into my teenage years. I ended up not even graduating high school, got my GED, um, you know, was able to take some college classes. But, uh, you know, I, I say that because I want to let people know that in order to be successful in this business, you don't have to be, you know, highly college educated. Not to say you shouldn't be educated but not educated as far as like, you know, typical schooling and things of that nature. Anybody can be successful in this business. Um, but, you know, I just, I came back, I came from humble backgrounds. My family was very, very, you know, poor, you know, for the most part. And, you know, it was, we struggled to move around a lot as a kid, which I think gave me a, 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 the ability to really learn how to talk to people. Cause I was just constantly going to new schools and things of that nature. Uh, but, you know, then I was able to overcome a lot of that. And despite a troubled youth and some brush ups with the law and some other bad things, I was able to get my act together, you know, in my early 20s. You know, I went from being a high rise window cleaner in Boston, hanging off the skyscrapers, washing windows every day to basically selling uh, printers and copiers. And it kind of just gave me my first real taste of the professional lifestyle. And turned out I was pretty good at sales. Although I didn't own a tie or a jacket or a suit or anything in my entire life. So I had to go buy one for this job interview. Uh, but, you know, I kind of went there. Then, I, you know, I met a girl, my ex-wife, and we got married, had two kids. We were playing middle-class America, suburbia. Life was great. You know, I, I made a good six-figure income and uh, commission-only sales, but I was really good. And, you know, life was just great. And then, you know, um, really right before the recession, I ended up switching jobs in 2008 to go with another company uh, because the owner of the company that I was working for the previous six years or so um, died. And there was some just some weird unknown about the uncertainty of the, the future of that company. So I had an opportunity to go somewhere else. Well, I did that. And, and within a year, the Great Recession happened. And, you know, my ex-wife at the time, we put on a big uh, addition on the back of our house. We spent all this money. You know, we refinanced and life was great. A year later, I found myself without a job. I found myself $150,000 um, upside down in equity in this house. I uh, couldn't find a job anywhere. I had two young kids. You know, I started going into depression. I used to stay home all day and just, you know, we had phone books back then. Well, Google wasn't really much of a thing back then. And I would go through the phone book and try to find sales jobs to say, hey, you know, hire me, hire me, hire me. And, you know, um, and I just couldn't find anything at that time. But leading up into that time, I started to get a little bit more into my entrepreneurial side. And back then, again, they didn't have podcasts back then, but what they did have is CDs you could go rent at the library to throw in your car. So when I was driving a lot uh, for my sales job of that nature, so, you know, I, I, I listened to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and some of the uh, Robert Kiyosaki stuff that led me to some other stuff. And then, you know, I got into this direct marketing thing. I had some minor success in that, but wasn't really a good team that I was under. And then, you know, somebody on the direct marketing things had said, Hey, I got two free tickets to a weekend seminar. 
And back then, the weekend seminars was, hey, you show up on a Friday, we'll give you just enough information to sell you to stay for the weekend. And if you stay for the weekend, we'll sell you on a highly priced course at the end. That turned out to be Trump University, of all things. Wow. The training, and I learned a lot about real estate investing. And I was like, whoa, my mind was like, I was like, you know, after reading those other books and stuff, I knew I wanted to get into real estate investing, knew that I wanted to be a you know, uh, a rental property uh, owner, you know, I wanted to be a landlord. That was really my goal. I didn't really want to get into flipping a wholesaling, even though I didn't really even know what wholesaling was then. Um, so that was kind of the plan. And uh, I just started getting into some coaching and some training under Peter Content at, at that time. Um, and then just my whole world fell apart. And at the time, the market fell apart. So what I was being taught then to do was to go lock up properties on the MLS below market value and then try to sell them to buyers, which is wholesaling, but wholesaling off the MLS. Um, it's just the way they did it back then. And um, I just, you know, I, I would run some local uh, newspaper ads for marketing and stuff like that. And um, but needless to say, none of that stuff was really working. The banks weren't doing anything. My house was in the process of foreclosure. I was trying to refinance it and do loan modifications. And back then, they weren't doing any of that. And we'd get really close with one mortgage process all over. But to make a long story short, 2009 going into 2010, found myself without a job, about to lose my house, and I didn't have many options. So what I did was because I knew enough about real estate investing, I found a real estate investor to come short sale my house and it prevented me from going into foreclosure and bankruptcy, which would have devastated my credit for seven years. I definitely took a hit in my credit, but it wasn't devastating for about three years as a result of it. And in the process, that guy really helped us out a lot by, um, you know, we sold out like, um, I don't know, like a pool to him, some refrigerators. And like a shed and just different things he was giving us cash for that we desperately needed. And at this time, I actually joined the military. I was 33, almost 34 years old. And I joined the Air Force because I couldn't find a job anywhere else. And I couldn't afford to go back to school. So I thought I'd just go back to try to get some education. Because if, if you remember earlier in this podcast, I said, I don't have a high school or college education. So back then, trying to get through the gatekeepers to get a job, they wouldn't even look at you unless you had a four-year degree because all these highly successful, well-trained people were taking less of jobs because that recession, there just wasn't much available then. So it was a really, really tough time, you know, and at the end of the day, I lost it all. And, um, you know, I went into depression, went into the military. I was in basic training at almost 34 years old with kids 17 years old. Uh, you know, training instructors that were 22 yelling at me that I was a piece of dirt, but it was great. It allowed me to, you know, work on myself, which I desperately needed at that time and start to rebuild myself, which I did. Just prior to that, though, I actually ended up wholesaling my very first house for 500 bucks that my ex-wife at the time was able to take that money, which back then was like a couple weeks of groceries for our young kids. So it was great. Um, so, you know, I went away in the military. I came back. You know, my wife and I at that point we were together about a year, but we had a lot of struggles and we ended up getting divorced. I got myself another sales job and got myself to a point where, you know, 2013, 14 and 15 and even 16, I was making really good money again. But I was hit, hit in this situation where I was approaching 40 years old. My time in the military was coming to an end because I was Air National Guard, which I meant I was doing the one weekend a month, two weeks a year thing. And although I could be very successful in sales, there was just no end in sight. I wasn't going to retire. There was no 401k. I, I didn't like 
traveling all over the country, which I was doing. I didn't really like my boss at the time, to be honest. And I just, this wasn't for me. And as I was getting older, a lot of people in my generation, a little older, I started seeing them work for companies for long periods of time. And then they were just being let go. And it's like some of these people work 10, 15, 20, 30 years. And they were just let go with nothing because they just hired somebody much younger uh, and give that person a workload at a much lesser price. And it just kind of dawned on me, like nothing in your future is certain. So I wanted to take more control. I've been taking control of my life with regards to getting through the depression, getting through the recession, um, my income for like the better part of my 15 years prior to that being commissions only. I was in charge of that. I would go cold call and generate leads, create those customers and everything else to service those accounts. So I had to take control. And, you know, I said, I listened to real estate investing again on my podcast. Now, CDs are outdated. Mid-2015, 16, <laughs> podcasts, I started to make a thing. And I was traveling, and I started listening to different things. And I was like, do I want to flip? Do I want, I still want to be a landlord. I don't really know where to go. I don't have much money. And I came across a podcast uh, of Tom Kroll called Wholesaling Inc. And it changed my life. And, you know, after listening to it about a year, afraid to pull the trigger, which I wish I did sooner, I decided my townhouse, which I was living in, again, divorced for a couple of years, living with uh, my two kids, you know, 50% of the time. I took that uh, townhouse, I sold it, uh, made a little bit of equity. I think I had like 15,000 bucks or something, paid off some credit card debt. I paid $5,000 for the wholesaling link uh, in coaching program, took my $6,000 and then started my business with my LLC, my contracts and my first marketing and my face, whatever, my website. And I hit the ground running, and that was January of 2017. Moved my kids into a little two-bedroom crappy apartment in Derry. And, um, you know, and the next thing you know, I was off and running. Did uh, 10 wholesales my first year, and then it just grew and grew and grew to a point where I quit my job a few years later. And now we own multiple markets. You know, I do own land. I am a landlord with um, rental portfolio that's slowly growing. I flipped houses, and we wholesale a ton. And it's growing into this big thing um but it all started with me basically you know burning the boat once i got to the island and i was all in and uh so that's kind of my story <laughs> <laughs> wow man that's absolutely incredible one of the things like that i i wanted to pick through in there because there's a ton in there <laughs> there's a ton it, so it's kind of it's beautiful <laughs> no, that's that's awesome i love it the thing that one of the things that stuck out to me man that surprised me was like you know how you know, some of like your peers and, and people that, you know, you know, when you guys were like, um, you know, like working in these companies for like, you know, a, a wicked long time and everything, like how fast, like they just let people go, you know, and like, oh, yeah. how, like uncontrollable that is. And it's like, oh, you know, like this company has been around for forever. Like I got 20, 30 years in here, like I'm all good. And then they just, that's it. You know, like, good luck. That's yeah. unbelievable. You know, the, the, the day and age of getting a government or, you know, state or town position and retiring from a pension. Those days are pretty much over. Some people still do that, but they're very few and far between their minority. It's very difficult to get yourself a job with a company that's going to be around. Most, most of the reasons why most companies don't even survive 30, 40 years anyway, you know, a small percentage of them actually even last that long, regardless how much success they have. So, you know, it's very common for people to kind of bounce around and, you know, I found myself in that position. It's like, I made good money, but I was still living paycheck to paycheck. I'm, like, I'm looking at my 401k. I'm like, even if I had a million dollars in my 401k, you know, making like over a hundred thousand dollars a year. I mean, I cash that out. I live what, 10 years and maybe stretch out for 20 at $50,000 a year. 
I mean, yeah. it was going to take me forever to get to a million dollars. And as we've seen recently with the stock market, you may have close to a million dollars. And then the next thing you know, you wake up next morning at 600,000. It takes you another seven years to get back there. You know, so uh, I just wanted to have more control. Nothing is certain in this life. So, you know, I wanted to make sure that I could put as much certainty in my own uh, corner as I could for my own strengths, I guess. Totally, man. I, I totally agree with you. You know, and like even like to take those like sales skills and stuff that, you know, you've had for like so long, you know what I mean? And like be able to just use it towards something that, you know, is certain, you know, like the, the business that you have now. And like, you know, just know that like, you know, like this has worked out a ton before, like everything's been fantastic, like everything's growing like a ton. And like, you don't have that boss on top of you that like, oh, you know, like maybe like he'll get fired. Maybe he won't, you know, or like you know, the corporate <laughs> yeah. structure. And yeah, you know, you know, I mean, the owner of that company then I was worried that he was just, you know, he was getting old. He may sell it to his son. And so I was like, I'm just going to cash in. I'm out of here. I'm going to Bermuda for the rest of my life. You know, you just never know how that stuff's going to shake out. And, you know, yeah. I just want to say, though. I was blessed to have some ability to talk to people. And, you know, although, you know, my grammar has been a work in progress my whole entire adult life, <laughs> um, you know, I, I've, I've always not been afraid to talk to people. However, you don't need to be really good talking to people, be successful in real estate investing. I think that's really important, even if you do the sales side of things like uh, wholesaling, which we do um, a majority of. The sales guys that I have work for me don't even come from sales backgrounds, and they're tremendous at talking to people. It's just, you have to just be willing to do things that you're uncomfortable with and be a student of coaching. I love that so much, man. And just to share that. What's that? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I love that, man. That's, that's absolute gold right there. I love it. So to your point, man, there's, um, so there's a, uh, a group that you might be familiar with. It's called REI Ignition. Yeah. 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 Go ahead and get all those guys. Yeah. 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 Yep. So I'm a part of that group and we just did a, um, like a three day weekend, like this I saw on social media, man, like absolutely changed my life. But my, my point being one of the huge takeaways that I learned from this weekend is like, yeah, you know, like there's like the tactical real estate stuff, like the mailers and the calls and like follow up and, and all that fun stuff. But that might not necessarily be the hard part. The hard part might be what's actually in your head and like, you know, the self-limiting beliefs and like believing that you can't do it and like you know like just just holding yourself back you know what i mean and it, it was really an eye-opener like you know just to be able to like you can do this you know and like we're so much more capable of like everything that that we might have in our heads and everything and 100 percent, yeah you know i think we're, we all have limited beliefs and they hold us back on some level and i'm still guilty of that today it's and it's actually something i continuously strive to get better at it's a it's a constant work in progress but as we mentioned to start this podcast you know i hope to inspire people to get in the game rather than sit on the sidelines right yeah. there is not going to be what i call a unicorn there's no perfect deal there's no perfect situation they don't exist right there's going to be some levels of risk you're going to make mistakes and that's okay obviously you want to limit those you don't want to make a mistake that devastates you financially the rest of your life but most people don't go in with those kind of mistakes. You know, they, they tend to be smaller. Uh, and it's okay to fill yourself forward. But, you know, if you're just going to sit back and just say, I have to get every detail right, I have to know everything and make it, then what's happening is the people who aren't doing that are already doing what you want to do. And they're making money, buying houses and doing all this stuff in real estate investing. And you're still trying to create this perfect system. And all of a sudden, time goes by and you could be where they are 
and where you want to be thinking they create a perfect system, but they never did. They just took action and you're just sitting here waiting and, uh, you know, people get afraid to pull the trigger. And I understand why, um, but, you know, you don't have to do anything enormous to get into the game. You can just start by making small steps and being consistent. One small step will lead to another small step, right? It's like, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And that's just kind of how you have to look at it, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, man. You know, and that's that's really the beautiful thing is like, just don't wait. Just take imperfect action and you'll yeah. be okay. You know, like you're, yeah. you're going to go through the crap and like, you know, things are going to hit the fan once in a while. Like that's, that's part of the game, you know? And like, as long as you don't. You, you've experienced that in your first investment, didn't you? Quite a few <laughs> times, actually. Still yeah. experiencing that Yeah, one. <laughs> and me too, man. Me too. You know, listen, it's one thing to wholesale a house. It's another to wholesale a bunch of houses. There's one thing to flip a house rather than owning a company that flips houses. There's one thing to go on appointments yourself now having people go on appointments like i didn't wake up one day and said oh my god i know how to be a business owner you know you know how many times i screwed up being a business owner you know how many times i screwed up just going on appointments you know how many times i've screwed up flipping houses you know how many times i screwed up buying rentals i mean i've screwed up everything but i just keep taking perfect you know massive and perfect action and you know you learn from your mistakes and let's face it you know i'm a i'm a big component of getting coaching learning from others being a huge student in this business and you should never stop learning. But at the end of the day, it's experience that's going to teach us the most. Yeah. So you've got to go, you know, learn what you have, you learn, apply that knowledge. But if you don't take any action, apply anything, then you're just a student that never does anything. And then make those mistakes, get the bruises. The most successful people in this industry now, now that I've learned and been in the business for a while, They've all effed up a bunch of times. They still do, even if they're in 20, 30 years. They have battle scars like you can't even imagine. But they just persevere and overcome it. And that's what the rest of us have to do like we do in all other aspects of our life. You're totally right. It's it's just part of the game. Yeah. You know, and like, I do understand, like, to your point, you know, like why, you know, people might kind of procrastinate and everything like that. And there's actually something, I forget which book it was, man, but I read something about procrastination and, you know, one of the self-help books or, or yeah. whatever, you know, I, I forget which one, but basically it was talking about a perspective of like, in a way, the concept of procrastination is a good thing because it's something like, you know, much bigger than you, something scary, like maybe you're kind of nervous to get into it. And, you know, also on the back end, it's a horrible thing, you know, which, which yeah. definitely is the case that like, yeah. you know, it's limiting you from taking action and you just have to like, just do it, you know, and you're going to get knocked around, but it's, it's part of the game, you know, showing up to school. The first day of school at a new school is scary. Showing up at a new job is scary. Getting a promotion is scary. Everything we do in life is scary, right? Learning how to drive, going sledding, going skiing, you know, you name it. Everything is scary. It's, it's, it's you're usually nervous, but excited. Right. And that's okay. But um, you know, if, there's a reason why they say you grow outside of your comfort zone, right? Because if you just put yourself in a small little bubble where it's just safe and everything else, nothing will ever change. You're not going to grow as a person. Your situation will never get better. And, you know, it's understandable to be fear, but, you know, uh, fearful of things like that. But you just, you got to take action. And, you know, and it's okay to fail. I just, I think people are afraid of failing. I've been one of those people. I still have fear of that. <laughs> um, but I use it as a motivation factor, mo motivational tool to make me continuously work every day and getting myself better no matter what. Like, you know, I don't care how much success that we have. I always have the 
feeling that it could be gone tomorrow. I never take anything for granted because I've already lost everything. When I was a child, my family went through uh, bankruptcy and foreclosure. We lost everything. As an adult, I almost went through that same experience. So I know, um, you know, so you just, you just gotta, just gotta, I don't know, just push through, persevere and, you know, it's okay to be afraid, but, uh, you know, I, I, I just want people to stop, you know, trying to make the perfect thing. There's no perfect deal. There's no, just no unicorn. Just come on, man. Do come on. Get into the game, man. Get into the game. <laughs> you want to? What are you waiting for? Let's go. Let's go make yeah. some money. Let's go flip some houses and stuff, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And that was definitely something that I, uh, you know, um, that, you know, I was kind of, you know, fell victim to, I guess, you know, self-inflicted or whatever is like, before for like you know some of the things that i would try to start i'm like all right like all these systems need to be exactly right like and then i can start you know yeah. and like thinking about it now especially after this weekend guys thank you so much if you're listening to this of course um but it's just it's one of those things it's like screw it like get like your basic stuff together like get your stuff going and just run you know just do yeah. it like you'll figure it out on the way you know like jumping off the um you know like building the parachute on the way down you know like sure. just, it's so much more real than like you know like just, just build it pretty quick go. then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let me share a story with you uh you know my wife shelly just walked into the room and it made me think of like a situation so when we started the business very early on in 2017 when i told you when we, i sold my condo and i had like six thousand dollars of marketing and to stop my business that's all i had six thousand bucks right eleven thousand dollars is all i did to ever stop my business. Everything I'd grown from is 11,000. 5,000 went into coaching. You know, I had to go get an attorney to set up my LLC, get my contracts and all that stuff. But, you know, we sold, we were sending out postcards at the time. That was my marketing channel at that time. And, you know, we got everything set up. And this is shows you like, I am not a devil in the details. I just take action to almost to a fault. And we, we set up our, our first list. It's going to be the absentee owner list. And we're sending out 1,000 letters this week, 1,000 letters next week. After about one or two weeks go by, right? And this is like one-third of the money that I have, maybe even close more than one-half. All of a sudden, I realized the phone's not ringing. Something's wrong. I look at the number. I put the wrong phone number on the postcard. I never proofread it from the, the mailhouse. So, you know, we just sent out thousands of postcards and letters. And nobody could call me because I have the wrong number. And I'm like, I'm, I don't have much money. So I'm scrambling trying to find a, a way to make this number work. It's not available. Uh, it doesn't exist. I can't get it. So I have to basically redo that whole list again and put the right number on it. And then people started calling me and be like, I've been trying to call you for two weeks, but the number said disconnected. And it was just, uh, but you know, I, you know, you're thinking, oh my God, it's over. I just started and it's already over. But, you know, we persevered. We ended up getting... Uh, you know, one house out of that, and you know, we wholesaled our first deal for five thousand bucks, and you know, and next thing you know, you're on the ground and you're running. But it's, you know, talk about making mistakes, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree, man. And guys, literally, like, just rewind that and listen to that again. Like, <laughs> you, you know, like, just just go out there and take action, man. Like, yeah. the, like basically, you know, like just to put everything together. Like, just figure it out later. You know, just do it and and run. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> wow so jeremy i do have a question for you man so yes, what's kind of your uh your drive and your vision for the long term well you know it does change you know and it has changed a lot since i've gone into this business you know um a business i thought i would just kind of do this with just me and michelle 
and we just kind of run a small operation and flip some houses and buy some rentals. And, you know, I, I guess the end goal is really to still um, have a rental portfolio. Um, but, you know, now, you know, I, I'm growing my companies as we talked prior to this podcast, getting started on this, you know, I'm in the process of scaling both of my locations and I plan to scale a lot more in coming years, which is something I never anticipated to do. You know, we flipped a bunch of houses and, you know, we'll probably continue to do that. And I still want to buy rentals, you know, and it's just I've kind of bounced all around. But really, my motivation is is time freedom more than anything. So I'm really the business has really been a way for me to build a life. And it's not so much about financial wealth, which obviously we all want. Right. Uh, but for us, time is more valuable than the dollar. All, all, obviously, we need the dollar to give us time, um, you know. I wish I got started at a very young age like you have, and I commend you for doing that because I would not be on this podcast right now. I can guarantee I'd be doing a lot, or maybe I'd be on the podcast, but I would definitely not be working as much as I do. And I don't really work a ton, you know. Um, you know, I have good systems in place and everything. But my wife and I, we've generated, you know, we built a business the last few years that really gives us a lot of flexibility. So, you know, no matter what's going on with the kids, we're always there. We we don't have to go to work today. Heck, we don't even need to set alarms. We do because we're, we're motivated people to get up early every day. But I haven't had to set an alarm in years. I don't have to get up for anything. I don't. I don't have to get up to go to a job. I don't have to get up to answer to anybody. I don't have to do any of that. And no matter what, the money still comes in, right? Yep. But, um, you know, the time freedom is really, really important for Michelle and I. And as we get older, you know, that time becomes more limited, which makes it even become more precious for us. So, you know, I'm at 46 right now. My goal is to, you know, be in a situation where I'm really out of the business, not out of the business, but out of, they call it the owner's box. I want to be by the time I'm 50 in the owner's box, have people running my businesses where I have multiple streams of income coming in. So I can just basically go spend time with Michelle traveling, creating memories with her, you know, and just having great experiences with her, making sure that we spend time with our children travel as they continue to get older our kids are starting to become young adults and older teenagers so those years are coming to an end and you know soon we're going to be grandchildren you know we just want to experience all that life has to offer with that knowing that life is really limited with time so that is my main force or in my main motivation my driver everything i do is to create an income that will allow me to do more and more of that as time goes on i love that so much man that's awesome and Thank one you. of the things that um you've probably heard it before, but one one of the things that uh that Gordon has said, and it's something that always sticks with me, and I tell him all the time, is one of the things that he mentions is um that at the end of the day, like, you know, everybody just wants to be loved. And like he kind of reinstated that this weekend. We we did a very uh, you know, like vulnerable and and kind of touching exercise. And he was saying, he's like, you know, this real estate thing, he's like, you know. This real estate thing is a tool to be able to buy the life that you want to, to be yep. able to spend with the people that mean the most to you. Like that's, you know, that's it at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, you know, do the And he's spot on and he's spot on, and, you know, and I know he recently moved to, down to the Carolinas and, you know, he's improving his lifestyle with his family. And I know his story very well. And I'm really happy for going. He's a great guy yeah. and, you know, he deserves everything that he's achieved and he continues to achieve and, you know, he's really great at paying it forward for others as well. You know, I got a lot of great respect for Gordon. Um, you know, a lot of people say, what kind of investor are you? And I really just, you know, for Shelly and I, we're just lifestyle investors. You know, we're investing to create a lifestyle that makes us 
what we want. Now, listen, I still work. I'm still in the business day to day on the business, but still in the business, right? Because I have to run teams and we have a lot of things because, you know, we, we're growing and there's a lot of, as a CEO, responsibilities that come along with that. But I still get to live the life that I want. I mean, you know, yeah, there's days I'm like, God, why am I doing this? But then Shelly reminds me, like, remember when you used to work for your boss and you would love to have these problems? I'm like, yeah, yes. you're right. I would, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, and her and I get to travel a lot. And, you know, we, we, and even until I was 40, I never really traveled a lot. Real estate has allowed me that conduit to be able to travel a lot. And, um, you know, and we don't do anything really extravagant, although we went to Greece this year for the first time. That was pretty extravagant for us. You know, we're not very materialistic. Um, you know, we, we're still very humble, um, you know, and we probably could even make more money than we want or do now. Um, but, you know, we're really about sharing it with our team and allowing people to prosper in our companies. And I'd rather have everybody kind of grow with us and provide value to their lives rather than trying to keep every dollar for us. And you know, and at the end of the day, you know, something that I, I kind of feel passionate about. I know uh, is a thing like, you know, we, we grow all this money to pass down to our children. Well, honestly, you know, Shelly and I are in really good shape. Knock on wood. We plan on living to like we're 90 to 100. If I can give my kids anything, they're going to be 70 to 80. They're not going to need anything that I gave them at 70, 80 years old, because they're going to be so old. And, you know, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to save money to pass down for my family. And I know that kind of sounds selfish, but I want to use that money. So I have a great life now with my children and my, and my wife. And we want to put ourselves in a position where we can give to our kids while they're younger to help build their lives, whether it's paying for college, helping them get houses, helping them start businesses, help them with whatever their adult entrepreneurial or non-entrepreneurial goals are, rather than saying, hey, you know, when you're 60, 70 years old, I'm going to give you, you know, 15 apartment buildings and, you know, all this money. It's like, it doesn't matter to them, right? They're going to give it to their children, maybe. Um, and, you know, we'll probably pass stuff down to our grandkids. But, you know, we're, we're all, and obviously we plan for the future, but, um not that far ahead in the future, I guess. I love that, that makes sense. Oh, definitely, <laughs> man. I love that so much. Just gonna reopen this. Um, this thing likes to close on me once in a while. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, man. No, I, I I totally agree with you. You know, it's um, it really is a uh, there we go. It really is a, a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? And it's definitely you know to enjoy you know your life and your family's life and everything now rather than you know kind of later on and, and that type of thing yeah you know there's a, a mentor of mine who i've recently come in contact with because i'm a member of the boardroom named tim harridge and he talks about you know one of the things he said it kind of resonated with me is like you know we get into this business to create time freedom but then we to hustle that we don't have any time freedom and we lose sight of why we get into the business to begin with. And we've all been guilty of that, myself included. So I really try to keep that in perspective. You know, there's definitely a, a delicate balance between trying to get better, try to grow, try to achieve those goals. And, you know, obviously if you're not growing, you're, you're dying, right? So you're constantly trying to grow as a person in, within your business. But, you know, time is incredibly important to finding that balance is really tough. But that's why we all do it. It's time freedom. So we can go to our kids' soccer games, 
be at the presentations that they have at school. If there's a sick day, we don't have to call into somebody and say, hey, I can't get in today or, hey, you know, I need to take a, a sick day off. If you, Shelly and I want to go leave on a freaking month, we're just going to leave for a month and go get an Airbnb, take the yep. kids with us. We don't care, you know, and what a gift that is. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for real estate, that would never be possible. I, 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 I love real estate because of the the lifestyle it gives me and Michelle. It's, it's an incredible, incredible gift. I just... I feel we talk about, you know, we're rich beyond what we could ever had seen or imagined at any point in our lives because of our time freedom and our ability to spend time together doing the things that we love, especially just spending time with each other, which is our favorite thing to do. Of course, man. Guys, seriously, like, go take action. Go <laughs> go invest in real estate. Like, the sky is the limit, my friends, you know, and it's... um. It's absolutely nuts. It is, you know, like just to be able to kind of like buy that freedom and and buy your time back and, you know, just live the the life that they, we all should be living at the end of the day, you know, and like not being tied down and, you know, asking for a day off in like three weeks and being like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, Hoping you get a 3% raise this year when inflation goes up 12. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, and I know a lot of people, they get worried about, you know, the real estate market being down right now, down and up, you know, but listen, the market's always going to go up and down. There, There is no wrong time to get in real estate. There's only the right time. The right time is now. Exactly. So it doesn't matter if the market's going up, market's going down. The right time is now. There's ways to make money in any market, whether it's up or down. And if you, again, if you're just waiting for, I'm going to wait till the interest rates go down and then I'm going to start getting into flipping houses, then, you know, you're going to lose millions of dollars of people who are taking action now, you know? And what I learned a lot because I got into this in 2017, I learned a lot from the people who took action during the recession in 2009, 2010, 2011. A lot of people lost a lot, including a lot of investors at that time, but there was a lot of investors who positioned themselves well to take action during that time. And those guys and girls are filthy rich now and probably don't even work. They wrote a 10 to 12 year bubble that changed their lives for the rest of their lives. And they can probably just do whatever they want when they want from there on in, you know? So my goal is, and I've been kind of waiting for this downturn in the market is to position ourselves to take advantage of that. But, you know, we've taken advantage of the market going like this all the way up to the right. Uh, for like, is it the right left? I don't know how they describe <laughs> that. But, you know, going up every month, every year. Uh, you know, we took advantage of that. But, you know, when it goes down, there's a, there's a lot of advantages there. So, you know, if you're worried about the market, don't be, again, just take action. Like you said, Kyle, just get in. Of course. You know, and, and that's exactly it, man. You know, it's like just to be able to kind of position yourself to to take advantage of both opportunities you know, or, you know, both parts of the cycle or whatever. And there's, there's going to be opportunity everywhere, you know, like if you can, you know, if like the market goes down and like, you know, you're able to have like a HELOC open or something like that, or like whatever the case may be, or like, you know, if you're wholesaling or like, you know, whatever kind of is going on and you're able to have access to capital, you know, in a market where, you know, properties are trading for like 60, 70 cents on the dollar or something like that. Now you can take huge advantage on the buy you know, and like on the flip side, you know, like the market that we've been in for the past, ugh, I don't even know at this point, but, um, you know, and, and kind of ride the the wave of like people paying stupid amounts over asking and like all the appreciation that's being forced and you can win all the time. You just have to position yourself to to be there, 
Yeah, you, you know, you should know what's going on and what, what areas to work in and where to be cautious and everything else. But you're 100% right. You can definitely take action. You know, there's always going to be distressed sellers. There's always going to be distressed properties. There, there are endless amounts of them. You're always going to be able to buy properties way below market value. You're always going to be able to sell them because at the end of the day, there's a housing shortage, not only just here locally, but nationally, right? You, and so people need housing and we can never build them fast enough. So there's always going to be a need for them. They may sit on the market a little longer, but somebody's going to eventually buy them. And we know as, you know, when it comes to rentals, everybody needs a place to live there too. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I would say in this market is the houses are, you know, flipping houses, the values of those houses may go down. The retail market of single families and things like that may go down, but the rental values are going up. So maybe you don't want to get into flipping houses right now because whatever, it's a great time to buy a house, become a landlord because rental rates are going to go up. So. I mean, there's always something to be done there. So, of course, man, of course. <laughs> so we kind of dug into this one quite a bit, um, but I'll, I'll ask it again, you know, just in case there's anything else you might want to add. The question sure. I always like to ask everybody is how do you define wealth? I, I know we kind of covered that pretty good, but. <laughs> yeah, you know, how I define wealth is just, is just um, freedom, you know, time, freedom and freedom of my, my um self you know i don't have to answer to anybody you know um shell and i you know we answer to i can come and go as i please and um you know i just having the ability to just have that time that's that's the most wealth i could ever have hoped for you know i would not want to be a person making a million dollars a year and had no time right you know, and also my health, you know, Shelly and I invest a lot of time, energy and money into our health. And what is wealth without health? Right. You know, it's great. Hey, I'm 55 years old. I have millions of dollars in all this real estate, but I'm one, you know, Big Mac away from dying because I haven't taken care of myself for 20 years. Right. So Shelly and I, you know, we have the ability to work out every day and we work, we make that a priority in life. We eat really healthy foods and we have, we invest money into gyms and personal training and nutritional coaching and all that stuff that we have the resources to do. Thanks to real estate, which allows us again to live to like 90 to hundred years old. But you know, we love to just be active. We love to have healthy lives and we love to have time. So that to us is wealth. Wealth is health and time freedom. Definitely. There's the answer. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> so, I got um I got one more question for you, man. So, sure. do you read, and what is your favorite business investing or real estate book that you would? Oh recommend? my goodness, there's so many. So yes, I read. <laughs> I <know>. So, <laughs> you know, one of the things that Tom Kroll taught me when I got into wholesaling Inc. and I wasn't much of a reader before then. It was just to read books every day, and I basically I read every day, and I love reading now, and I've read a ton of books ever since. And um, I feel. I feel empty if I don't read every day. It's just part of who I've become and, and my routine. And, you know, and, and back in about 2018, I read the Miracle Morning book, which was just changed everything. You know, I've always been a morning person, but this really helped me structure a morning routine um, that really, really helped uh, just transform my life. So, you know, here are some of my favorite books behind me. Um, you know, was obviously action back there. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> we learn a lot about business off of that. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up a couple. These are mostly just business books, but obviously, Rich Dad Poor Dad was you know the infamous book that gets us all into this. So if it wasn't for that book, I wouldn't even be in there 
you know, Miracle Morning, I think, is is a great book to just build habits, to get your mindset right. I, it was a game changer in my life. My financial wealth doubled within a year from reading that book, and I'm convinced it's because of the habits that book has taught me. Um, but I'm going to say this one. Uh, this is a very different one that a lot of people don't read very often, but it's called Your Next Five Moves by Patrick Bed Bed David. Um, I I'm a big fan of him. He's, he's a guy who, who came from Iran. Uh, his family uh, fled Iran in the 80s, and he came here as an immigrant and has just, you know, came from nothing and has made something very special of himself. His story I find very inspirational, um, and I still follow him on social media. I find him very intelligent, very inspiring, and that book is one of the better books I've ever read, so I highly recommend it. Wow. I haven't heard of that one, man. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to add that to my list. <laughs> That's a great one. I, I really enjoy it. I, I reread it every year. Solid. Th those are the best books too. I, yeah. I got a couple of those, Rich Dad included, you know, just yeah. to kind of brush up on it like once a year. Th like, those are my reread ones. I have a whole other bookshelf with, that's stacked. You wouldn't <laughs> believe it, but these are the ones that I reread. I mean, a lot of them are uh, somewhat business related, not so much personal development related. Because, uh, you know, as I continue to get my business is bigger, you know, I, I, I do still work on a lot of personal development, but a lot of what I train to do now is to get better at being a business owner and a CEO. Uh, so that's where a lot of my dedication goes to from a, a learning perspective these days. That's beautiful, man. So a question for you. So I, you know, see the traction has made quite the impact. Do you use yeah. the, the EOS for your business? We do. Yeah, we base our business off the EOS. Hell you yeah. Know, Another one that we base a lot of us principles off of is this one as well. Ooh, that's that's, that one too. Yeah, that's a really good one. Don Wenner is a real estate professional that has built a huge, huge business. The blueprint to scaling a high growth, high profit business. So, you know, we, we do kind of a, a combination of both of those in our business. Um, but more or less, we run an EOS as the backbone of everything that we do. We run level 10 meetings and all that stuff. But there's a few other nuances that we add from that book that's helped us grow a little bit better. So I love that so much, man. I use the um uh like the EOS, like the forms you can download, like the fillable ones, like from I think it was from their website or whatever. Yeah. But I use those like literally whenever I like want to try something new, like a new like project or idea or something. Sure. Like the uh the vision organizer, man. Oh my mm -hmm. goodness. I love that piece of paper so much. <laughs> like yeah. you know? we, we we have a um we give a, a attraction type PowerPoint presentation with our, our quarterly meetings to the whole company that talks about our vision and our core values and we make sure that everybody knows exactly which direction we're going to for sure. That's beautiful. I love that, man. That's awesome. So I did. Uh, I did want to point out too. Um, you mentioned you had an ebook. Oh yes, yes. Thank that? you. <laughs> yes, I appreciate you bringing that up. So, uh, you know, this ebook. So if you go to follow us on social media, the best way to get in touch with us would be Couples Flipping Houses. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram. It's Couples Flipping Houses. If you reach out to us there and just say you want to copy the ebook. Uh, one of the assistants on the, the site will uh, get your email address and we'll send you a free copy of this ebook. But this with little to no money out of pocket. And it basically gives you a basically a step-by-step -step guide. It's, it, it's not fun reading, but it's basically a step-by-step -step guide to basically teach you how to wholesale your very first deal and maybe if, and get you going on that right track. Um, 
you know, the little money out of pocket is because you, you should really get an attorney to do some contracts for you. You know, you should probably uh, get yourself an LLC. So that's where the money comes in. But you can really do it with very, very little money out of pocket and do it legally and ethically. Um, and, you know, and wholesaling has completely changed my life. You know, you can go from, you know, being working a full time job like I did. And even if you hustle and just do a handful of wholesale de deals a year, you can drastically change your life from a financial aspect. You can even replace, depending on what your annual income is, your job from a handful of small uh, wholesale deals a year through this ebook. So, you know, we, we want to just provide that value so people can go read that ebook. We'd be happy to. We've been obviously wholesaling hundreds of houses for many years in many markets and with great success. You know, and if those people want to go find the deals, bring them to us. And when they want to split it 50 50, we'll give them some extra guidance, some extra coaching, help them along the way. If they don't, they just want to do it on their own. Absolutely. But go get this ebook. It could change your life. I love that so much, man. Thank you so, so much for coming on here, Jeremy. Man, my pleasure, brother. I'm really excited about this podcast for you. I know it's relatively new, but, uh, you know, I know you're going to do great things in this industry for years to come. It's going to be fun to watch you grow and prosper. And I'm really excited for your future success as well. Ah, thank you so much, man. It means a lot. <laughs> All righty, Jeremy. I will talk to you later on, my friend. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you later. All right, guys. That concludes our Creating Wealth podcast episode for today. I want to thank every single person that has listened this far. It really means a lot to know that people can learn from me and with me as we build wealth together. Hopefully you can take home at least one thing from this podcast that will improve your life just a little bit. If you could, please check me out on social. That's at Kyle Curtin Real Estate on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm on Bigger Pockets. Until next time, let's build together.